Welcome again to the culture of safety. Hey, Matt, how's it going? <laughs> I was waiting to see if there was more. No, there wasn't. It was like a reverse buildup. It, it was kind of like a buildup. You're like, what? Dramatic? Pause. Yeah, there was a dramatic pause for sure. What do we got going on today, Joe? Uh, meetings. Meetings. The dreaded meetings. Meetings for this, and we're going to meet for that, and we're going to have meetings for this, and we're going to have meetings about the meetings, and we're going to have after meetings to talk about the meetings before the meetings. I've literally been into so many meetings that are about meetings about nothing i tell my wife that all the time like oh yeah today i had a meeting about a meeting we're gonna have next yeah we're gonna meet before the meet (laughs) so that we can meet about the meet it's it's a real thing i've even had meetings about meetings about meetings we're we're doing some inception type stuff right now oh yeah meet meetception yeah it gets a little bit like a turducken gets a little bit crazy meet inside of meet inside of meet i'll give you my (laughs) right off the bat i'll tell you my opinion is that most meetings are pointless worthless they don't bring a lot of value most of the time yeah i would agree with that there is there can be value in meetings 100 100 but most of the time at least in my experience the way they're ran the way they're scheduled the reasoning behind the meeting is not necessary um but i think that's kind of a little bit of what we're going to talk about today right and we're also going to talk about just in general like in in the safety realm for us that are doing like uh maybe i don't know what we call them tailgate meetings tailgate daily uh, weekly safety topics that kind of stuff whatever you guys call them in your industry we're going to hit on a little bit of that too right well yeah of course uh typically when we're talking about meetings you know i mean it could be anything really but typically we'll start off in the tailgate right that's where most entry-level people are going to have they're going to come up it's either weekly if you're in construction, maybe two uh, biweekly if you're in like general industry. Or is it maybe ten even, days in construction? It's ten days, so yeah. it's usually most places do it either the start or the end of the week. Um, I tell the when I consult for a construction company, I tell them just do it Monday morning. You know, get everybody kind of in that mood. And know usually they're kind of half asleep anyway, but at least to kind of get them up and running. But yeah, it's every ten days. Is that Kalosha or is that Fed? It's Fed. That's Fed, huh? It's okay. Fed. Um, yeah, and then you're gonna have monthly meetings monthly tailgates um if you have an incident you're gonna have a meeting after that hey this is an incident we have these are some of the findings these are some corrections you're gonna have sometimes quarterly meetings monthly meetings you're gonna have meetings for supervision divisions uh but yeah usually even the the monthly meetings or you know the tailgate topics those are ones i see a lot of people struggle in is they'll reach out, hey, Joe, uh, what are some good topics for, you know, the tailgate? You know, just a simple one page. Either you you duplicate the page multiple times or you have one or two people read. Um, first off the bat, let's just let's just get this out the gate. Be good at reading. It is terrible and it is a struggle to watch people struggle read. Know the material, read it first, be ready for any questions and stuff like that. Know the caliber of the type of people that you're working with. And if they don't feel comfortable, tell them, hey, yeah, you, if you don't want to read, just tell them, just pass. Just say pass. And the next person will will who feels comfortable reading, read. I've been in too many meetings where they force people to read. And you have the one guy that's literally sounding out the words as he's going to buy. And we're just all like. Wait, in your meetings, you're making employees read? I don't make them. I've been in meetings before where they they had either supervis- supervisors. Supervisors, yeah. Or or even like employees come up and read stuff. I would do that if they volunteered. Yeah. And it was it was terrible. It's like, it, you know, harking back to like sixth, seventh grade. And you had that like two or three kids that couldn't read. Well, now they're adults and they still can't read. Dude, I know. I've said 
said this on the show, and I tell my guys all the time, the average American reading level is sixth grade. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Which means that you need to be able to, when you're writing documents, when you're doing stuff for meeting, you need to think about that. Because especially depending on your industry, because if you're in construction, no offense. Yeah. But like they probably didn't go get a master's degree or a PhD and then go <laughs> to go be a plumber, go dig holes in construction. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, not not to be mean or anything, but that's just why that's why there's that no consideration. words. That's why no, there's no words on any of the like heavy equipment. It's all pictures. This is what this does. <laughs> it's all follow the pictures. It just has a picture of a guy getting smashed. And it's like, <laughs> don't do this. Does? But yeah. Usually for most of the topics, you can go online. There's a lot of different oh types gosh. of resources you can go online just to get those little quick safety toolbox talks. Um, I know OSHA has a, a ton of plethora them. of them. And those it goes are in, really good resources. Yeah, they're OSHA really ones. good. They're a really good resource. It's free. It's easy to find. You can edit them if you want. Uh, if you have uh, some type of insurance company, you know, whoever your your uh, insurance company is can have that too as well. That's one of the things that I've used in the in the past many years is what I'll do is I'll, I'll collect them. You know, if I have to do a weekly topic, I'll take that document and it's usually in a PDF or Word. I'll make some some uh, basic edits to make it a little bit more impactful because it's kind of mostly generic, mm-hmm. but I'll make it more impactful, make it mine, and I'll, I'll just save it and I'll put it in a big old bank and I'll have like, for 150, sure. 200 different Dude. like talks that I can use. I have hundreds of them in a, on a flash drive yeah. that I just keep forever, and I just keep adding to my drive. Yep, and then whenever I need to pull one out, oh, I just type it in. Oh, hey, here's you know, 25, 30 for electrical or hand safety and backing and defensive driving, and it's great. Hey, here you go. Use this material. Make it your own. Change it up. It's a great resource if you have, you know, if you have an insurance company that, that provides that with you or provides that for you. And then again, Cal OSHA, Fed OSHA. Um, whatever state plan that you guys have, usually they have within their risk management, they'll have classes like that as well. Just basic safety toolbox talks that you can print out, pass it around to your individuals. Hey, this is what we're going to be talking about. Make them interesting, make them fun, make them relative, you know, don't just make them like, Hey, we're just going to grab some random. I've been there a couple of times where people just grabbed random toolbox talks and we're like, what are we, we're not doing any welding today. Like, why, why'd you do this? Like this isn't not even in our industry. Are we doing welding? Mm-hmm. So why are we talking about welding, welding fumes and, you know. Yeah, that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it was like, it, you know, that was their thing. Oh, just print it out, send it out there and, and have a, a quick talk. Again, always do your research, understand the material. Understand your understand your audience, right? That's a big one that we always talk about in, in school. Know your audience. We're not talking big words with big people. Bring it down to their level if you need to, right? Make it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Well, my, when I read my guy, when my guys would send me like a, like something like that, like a tailgate topic. Yeah. I always told them if I'm reading it and I have to ever stop and go back and reread a sentence or I have to stop and think about what that word is like. Meant, yeah. What does that word mean? I'll tell them like, Hey, like in these areas I had to stop and go back. You might want to think about rewriting them what or changing some of the words. Mean? I don't know what that means. On, I mean, I've seen stuff like that before too, but it yeah, should usually- be, it should be very, very simple to read and understand simple easy quick they're you're not going to hold their attention for an hour mm-hmm. they're not going to be like oh man this is really insightful yeah let me you know my life was changed by one piece of paper no it's it's basic it's a reminder really it's, yeah just a reminder like hey guys wear your gloves why because this can happen yeah. or that can happen um case yeah. studies are good too i've yeah. used case studies quite a bit uh for especially if it's you're in a company that's been there for a while and you have a, a huge category of injuries in that class you can say hey look these are some incidents that we've had with hands or moving equipment, welding, electrical, whatever it is that you guys do, 
you can use your company's, you know, log of incidents. If you guys have, if you have that resource for yourself, just be careful. You don't put somebody on blast and embarrass them or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, usually they're going to be the one person like, Oh, that was my incident. And like, Oh Sometimes yeah, happens, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're pride. You're prideful of this. Okay. That's cool. You know, I remember my first beer. One of the other resources that you can also use, obviously, just besides the internet, is you can use any type of books or or if you've gone through school. I know a lot of schools will have you do that kind of stuff as projects as well. They'll have you do basic either PowerPoint or, or a toolbox talk on different types of categories. So I've done that as well. I've seen that actually used pretty effective. I had a coworker do that one time. He ended up using uh, some of the materials that he used in school He's like, oh, yeah, I made this for school. So I just doubled it as an actual thing because he used an incident that was actually in our in our uh, industry. It wasn't our company. It was actually another company. But they used that. That was actually really perfect. Uh, moving on to like supervisors meetings. So sometimes you're going to be called in. Let's say you're pulling data <clears throat> on like incidents or injuries. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get too far into this, there's okay. one more part I wanted to ask you about on the tailgate talks. Sure. Because um, you passed over it briefly. but should safety people be doing tailgate talks or should supervisors be doing these types of tailgate uh, talks? Cause this is something really that we, good, I get into debate. with my guys all the time. Like some safety professionals think, Oh no, that is my job. I should be the one training them. Cause I'm the one that knows the material. Yeah. And some people say, well, it should really be coming from the supervisor. So they get, you get more buy-in that way, or potentially you get more buy-in and it shows that the supervisor cares about safety. And so it's just kind of like, but then you have what you said, yeah, supervisors that go up there and they're just like, yeah, like no care in the world, hundred percent, reading it word for word, not understanding it. And of course, that can be damaging as well. So it's like, uh, what do I do here? Well, I think you bring up a great point, and I would say you'd have to meet somewhere in the middle because mm-hmm. I've the way I had my last job was we had the diversity of supervisors. I've had supervisors that were eloquent and they could read and they could sit there and explain things. And then I had the knuckle draggers that had more difficult time sounding out words. So it would be a little bit mixture of both. I would always talk to the supervisor. Hey, do you feel comfortable in providing in, in talking about this material? And of course the management would kind of be the ones that kind of push like, Hey, this is very important. This is something that you should be doing, but also take into context. There's other people that were like, you know, either their English as a second language, their English isn't good, or even better is I had them written in Spanish. And, you know, a lot of the people in that in that division were Spanish speakers. So they actually got in their native tongue. So it was even better. It's even more effective. Yeah, it wasn't English. I had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> he wasn't saying anything about safety at all. Yeah, he, he was just talking about how bad of a safety person I am. He was just talking crap about you the whole time. He said something about cabron. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. That means like awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. But. Um, again, he, he used it in Spanish and it was, I think it was even more effective, but then again, I've had other supervisors where it was watching them, watching them have that conversation was very difficult. They weren't very knowledgeable. You know, they're kind of more of the supervisor that's been there for a long time and kind of moved, got moved up. So it's just, it's kind of a grab bag. If you can, I mean, preferably, I think, like you said, having the supervisors doing it would be the most effective. But I also think that the safety should get involved every once in a while, too. So maybe maybe mix and match. If you have a good, eloquent speaker, him one week, her one week, and then you one week, right? Have have a little rotation so that it's always not the same person. It's not kind of, they kind of get into that, oh, well, you know, complacent. Oh, oh yeah, morning safety meeting. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, we're going to learn about something. And then you have the safety guy come in and have a manager come in. I've had managers come in as well, do safety talks. And that was kind of really cool because then you kind of see – 
when the managers come out, they're like, oh, wait, what, what's our manager doing here? And they kind of prop up a little bit more because they're more casual with the supervisors. And when the when the managers come by, they're like, oh, they kind of, you know, they realize that it's, it's really important. I like it. So, I completely agree. Yeah. I think I think I like your idea. Uh, I feel like in a perfect world, if you can find ways to be creative and get supervision involved, of course, and maybe you don't alternate. Maybe it's you do like the maybe the more like safety related portion, if, especially if it's something that's more regulatory driven. Yeah, like you have definitely. to go over lockout tag out or something. Right. And then maybe you let them talk a little bit more about lockout tag out, but like in but a related, more detail yeah, or related like, more to their do? job or, yeah. or specific SOP. situation or the SOP. So just be creative and find ways to get supervision involved, especially if you have those. I don't, I don't, I can't remember the name, the word you just used, but yeah, like the guys that aren't super knuckle eloquent. Draggers? Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> the knuckle draggers, the Neanderthals. Yeah. If you don't have, if you have a lot of those people that don't really want to get involved then find small pieces yeah. that are easy for them to do that you can still get that buy-in from the employees while not forcing them to do something that they're going to hate and yeah, just do a bad job. Like, Oh God, I have to do this, you know, begrudgingly do it. No but things. I feel like, from my opinion, supervision, it's definitely a good idea to get them involved. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's exactly where you're going to get the buy-in. It's just, you know, don't just, like you said, willy-nilly throw it out there and, oh, okay, this is going to work for everybody. What yeah. about employees? Uh, well, I actually have had some success with some employees coming Forcing in. Forcing them or volunteering? Volunteer. It's always okay. volunteer, right? Because when you force it, it's not, it's not no longer voluntary, right? But I've had some employees, especially when it was a topic that they that was close to their heart like either they had an, a similar incident somebody in their family had a similar incident they were they were always uh forthcoming with it hey i want to do this you know i heard that you're going to be doing this topic you know i had an injury i want kind of want to talk about that and all that kind of stuff and they i always try to empower the employees to like hey talk about your incident especially if you're going to be doing a tailgate you know have some incidents have people talk about like their experiences in the field because it makes it a little bit more real rather than just a bunch of paper or words on the paper you know so that's that's one of the things that i've used but to very very limited extent mm -hmm. i try not to just go around pit around picking yeah what, what was your what was your example many many uh podcasts ago where you always pick the guy in the back you make the front the back and the back of the front oh no that's when you do a training where if you have people that always sit in the back <laughs> yeah one day after everybody sits down you walk to the back of the you room start and you teaching say, everybody and you there say, everybody spin your chairs start around po pointing at the people in the back making them all uncomfortable you just make them sit in the front you're a jerk <laughs> <laughs> or you turn all the chairs the wrong way in the beginning so they're confused and they think they're sitting in the back but really they're sitting in the front they just don't know it is that like some weird like psychological sociopathic stuff? Like, look at me. It's like a power move. I can't. Honestly, I think I went to some kind of training and they talked about like, like there's like different techniques and setting up the chairs and Mind how it blown. affects people. Yeah. <laughs> like the fishbowl technique. There's like yeah. all these other ones, but I can't remember all of them. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen the fishbowl technique used a couple of times to various degrees. I'm not sure how I feel. It. Feels weird. Yeah. Like they try to make like a kind of like a conference type of weird thing. I don't know. I don't I'm, like it. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of that. Um, but moving on, we have the, again, the supervisors, right? Either you're having, you're presenting data, you guys are having, you know, just an analysis over the week or the past couple of weeks, depending on, on how, how your company's ran, it could be, you know, monthly, but typically if your company isn't doing some type of analysis of the trends that you guys are seeing in your audits, then obviously, uh, you're not being very effective. So you might want to like start bringing up, Hey, maybe we should have a meeting every two weeks, three weeks, depending on the interval, right? Sometimes making a, a meeting weekly is just tedious. It can be very tedious. Either nobody's able to show up because we can't make the time or schedules are busy. 
And it's really hard to gather data in a week and then come up with new whatever. Yeah, new solutions. Graph, you know, solutions. yeah. And yeah, it does get it does get very tedious with having to pull it constantly and having to look and then analyze it. And sometimes, I mean, if you if you have a very large company and you have the time to do that, that's great. But if most of us probably work for smaller companies or work for you know, single divisions, you know, every other week will probably be a lot more effective. That's one of the things that I've learned is I try to eliminate a lot of the meetings that I have because it's it's taking either taking time away from what I need to be doing. And especially if it doesn't add value, I'm like, you know, I'm very kind of in people's face about it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go to that meeting. And they're like, well, why? Because it's a waste of my time. And not to be, you know, disrespectful, but tell them, look, I have a lot of things to do. I could be spending my time doing things that are progressive and are going to move the company forward versus like, hey, let's sit in this meeting for 35, 40 minutes talking about our feelings and talking about how we're going to move forward. Let's just send an email. Hey, this is what we got. Maybe a 10 minute quick. Hey, guys, you know, especially nowadays, everything's over the Internet teams. Um, video chat. Hey, let's have me to meet real quick on the on the thing. Hey, this is what we got going on. Da da da. Get it done. Let's go move on. When I have a meeting, I'm trying to sit down and I'm trying to solve a problem. We're trying to look at stuff. Let's look at trends. Let's look at things and try to you know orient ourselves on which direction we need to go and how do we how do we get to that location rather than oh let's have a meeting because the meetings are scheduled right having the meeting over and over. I've done that before where it's literally the same meeting every week on Monday. Everybody shows up, nobody's engaged, everybody's bored. And it's just like, well, you know, why? It's because it's the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's zero participation. So I, I told my boss, hey, can we move this out to two weeks? He's like, why? Oh, well, we've always done it every week because nobody's paying attention. If we give them new information every two weeks, first of all, it frees them up for one week of, you know, being able to not have to show up to this meeting. Because it's, I mean, it's not an hour meeting. It's like a 20, 30 minute drive. Then you go to the meeting. If it, if it starts on time, then another 15, 20 minutes after. So that's literally two hours out of the day just to show up to one meeting. If that's, if that's the, the type of work that you do, sometimes it can be even longer or shorter depending on, you know, the situation, but try to make the meeting, the meetings meaningful, right? Yeah. There's a lot of books out there, you know, how to meet better and all these other things about making better meetings. Try to make your meetings, your meetings meaningful. I think that's kind of, that's the, the, the real challenge is <clears throat> I've read, I've read uh, quite a few books about meetings also. And I've read books where they say like, you should have no meetings. And I've read books where they say you 100%. should have a weekly meeting. Yeah. And I've read books where they say meetings need to be five minutes. And somewhere they say, no, you should have hour long meetings. And everybody has this different opinion on what the right thing to do is. Well, yeah, Cause it's different depending on the industry. And it really? Yeah. It really comes down to your situation. What that's something you're going to have to figure out is yeah. like, do I need a meeting? If so, what's the frequency? How long should it be? What are we going to talk about? What can I do to prep people? Like all those types of things need to be figured out, especially if it's like you as a safety professional running the meeting yes. or presenting the meeting, you need to make sure that you know, all of that stuff and figure it out ahead of time yeah. and do, maybe play around with it if you don't, but like a hundred percent do not call a meeting and then fumble the heck out of your meeting that will turn everybody. You're, you, you'll be done. Everybody will be turned off by that. I've seen that several times where they're like, Oh, let's have a meeting. The AV doesn't work. The audio visual doesn't work. The sound, uh, um, they're unprepared. They don't know what's on their slides or like, uh, um, um, and they're like skipping slides and like, Oh wait, was that here? Or was that there? You know, they're, they're visually stumbling. They're not sure on the data. We ask questions and they have no answers. You know, definitely come prepared. Be ready. Show up a little bit before. Get ready. Make sure all your stuff working. Think of it like a business, right? If you show up late, 
and you show up and your equipment doesn't work and you show up and you don't know the material, your customers aren't going to be around, right? They're like, why did I spend money on and on wasting this time? Because that's what you're doing. You're taking their money. You're taking their time out of their day to either orient them, um, address a problem, get them notified of a problem, or kind of give them a status update. Hey, this is the, the status of the company. This is the status of our division, whatever's going on. This is the things that we have a problem with. We need to rectify whatever it is, right? Or my favorite one is like you said, the meeting before the meeting, Hey, we're gonna have a meeting because we had an accident. Okay. We're going to talk about what we're going to talk about at the meeting with the customer. You know, those are always fun or the meeting before the meeting before you have the customer meeting. I've had <laughs> meetings where it's like, Oh, we're going to meet with the customer. Let's have a meeting about what we're going to present to, man to the upper customer. management. Yep. And then that way, and then we'll have a meeting like, because in upper management, we're having a meeting about what we're going to present to the customer. Yes. So we're just have, like, do, do, do. Or we're going to have the initial meeting. Hey, what are we going to talk about? Okay, cool. And then we have the second meeting. Hey, uh, we're going to make some changes to that meeting. Okay, we make the changes. And then my favorite one is typically what's up happening is you go back to the first idea of how you guys are going to present that meeting. So that second meeting was completely, you know, null and void. And I was like, what was the point of that? But make one, sure your meetings have have meaning. And if – and. Since this is the in, like we're trying to focus on entry level people, as an entry level person, maybe you're not the one you know setting up the meetings. Maybe you're yeah. the one attending the, especially like because there's lots of types of meetings. And oh yes, I'm thinking right now specifically on like me as a manager when I have meetings with my team, where right. I have all the safety professionals in there, whatever environmental safety, all the different Risk, people, insurance. I don't have all those people. That would be cool. But um, anyways, as an entry level person, when you go to a meeting, like make it beneficial to you. It's so hard. Look, as a manager, when I have to run a meeting and I have to present stuff to you guys or I have to make you guys aware of stuff or I'm trying to get figure out how to get you guys to work together and no, and people aren't participating. Yes, participation. Like, just help your manager out sometimes as an entry-level person. And I, like I don't want to do meetings either. I try to do the least amount of meetings possible. Amen. Like That's my philosophy is yeah. – don't do it unless I absolutely have to do it. Because some some communication is best in in person. Sometimes it is, yeah. right? You know, it's again you talk about the you know what message you need to send and all that kind of stuff. Meetings are are helpful, but a lot of times if it like again if it doesn't add value, yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. Always to participate. Yeah, always, try to participate. Always step out, especially because if you're going to be moving up and you know in the next uh, couple of well not the next couple but in a little bit we're going to be talking about moving up into you know the risk. Uh, advisor, safety yeah. advisor level, the mid level, that's going to be your bread and butter. You have to be the one. You have to be the one presenting. You have to be the one either running the meetings, preparing the meetings, you know, deciding, hey, is this me is this meeting that something we need to do or do we need to create a meeting? Um, so being participation or participating in these meetings is really going to kind of set you up for success later on down the road. There's nothing more annoying to me when I would have a meeting people would be very, very quiet, say little things here and there. And then after the meeting, they come complain to me about things that they should have said yeah. in the meeting, but they just didn't want to say it in front of everybody. But it's stuff that would perfect. Like it was the whole point I'm running the meeting is so that you guys can talk about this stuff and we can work it out. Not come tell me afterwards. Not come tell me like 20 minutes after the fact. Also, sometimes depending again, it's all about context. We can't talk about every single no. type of meeting, but one of the meetings that I know that we, we used to do before it would be like a, either a company-wide meeting or it would be a contractor meeting. If you're dealing with a customer, the customer would bring all, all a bunch of people together and they would, you know, talk about the topics or whatever things they're seeing um, in, on, their, on their end as far as like, 
you know, adherence to the rules and stuff like mm-hmm. that, audit findings. And I, I've often seen that if the safety professionals are the ones that are quiet, it often kind of sets the tone that all the other management and all the other supervisors, they can be quiet too. And so that's one thing I've kind of led before was like, Hey, if I'm, if we're at a safety meeting, I'm a safety professional. I have to speak up. If they're going to ask a question, I have to, you know, force my hand up. Like, Hey, I can answer this question and show participation because if I'm not leading by example, I can't go to, back to my supervisor. Well, how come you didn't answer? Well, I've never seen you answer Joe. Oh, you're right. You know? So I try to, I try to let my team know like, Hey, safety is important. Even mm-hmm. at these meetings that none of our employees are seeing, this is actually important. People are watching. People understand like, Hey, safety is important all the time. Not just when the employees are, not just when the kids are watching guys all the time, even when the kids aren't watching, we have to be safety minded and understand the impact of our actions. Oh, wow. Our safety guy never speaks. I mean, I've had that before where we had a safety professional and he was real shy, real quiet. He would never raise his hand for anything. He, I mean, he was, he was a solid safety guy. He mm-hmm. could go out there and, and find pretty decent audits and stuff like that as far as like skill. But that was one thing he would never participate. He would totally be in the back. Always be quiet, always out of the way. And I was like, well, dude, you're not doing anybody any good because you're not setting the example. They're like, oh, well, if that guy can do it, how come I can't? You know, this that's part of his team. How come, how come I have to participate? And the old safety team isn't even participating. So step up, you know, you get outside your comfort zone again. When you move up to that next level, you're gonna have to, if you especially if you want to be a manager, right? It's no longer supervisors and employees. Now you're talking to like C-suite executives, like. Our our uh, host from last week, he was saying yeah, that's more nervous than anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I can talk to a room full of like three, four, five hundred people. That's no big problem. But when you're in front of a CC executive and and you you're fumbling and you're not sure about the the answers, yeah, your job might be on the line, right? Your employees can't fire you, but your boss sure can. There's a big difference between those two meetings. Yeah. Usually in the in the normal meetings, like they're not asking you really difficult questions, uh-uh. but in the C-suite meetings. They're going to analyze everything you're saying, everything, everything. that you're showing them. And they're going to ask you sometimes questions that you would like never even think of. But mm-hmm. And maybe they're not even a good question, but you guess what? They're the executive, so you better figure out a good you answer. You better figure out a good, well-spoken answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say definitely if you guys are going to be starting, you know, hosting these mid-level um, meetings with supervisors, sometimes even managers. I know that mm-hmm. we've had managers go to them, a monthly, week uh, weekly meeting. Start preparing. Start getting used to presenting ideas. Learn how to speak in public. I know that's a big thing. A lot of people have shyness over. Well, I'm, I'm afraid to look like an idiot. Do it. Who cares? You're gonna look like an idiot for a little bit, but after a while, you'll get used to it. You'll get. I mean, I still get nervous every once in a while. I've been over in front of two, three hundred people plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll still think in my head. I'm like, okay, what am I gonna talk about? I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna talk about that. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about that. All right, I got it. And just being confident going through the material studying i think that's another good material or good tip is studying the material because yeah. not only will you get better at your job but being able to communicate those hazards to your employees more eloquently they're like oh wow okay now i understand it you know be able to make it relatable you that's don't have what to- i would say relatable maybe not so i feel like when you say eloquent it makes it, you're saying like it needs to sound sophisticated but i think you're saying you need to be relatable yeah make it relatable make it so people don't don't dumb it so down where it's like, you know, like I said, knuckle dragger, but yeah. make it so like people understand what you're saying. Yeah. Be well-spoken. Yeah. Well-spoken you know? is a good way to Enunciate. say Enunciate. You know, that's a, a thing that I, I see a lot Before of people. Before you go up, say, ow now, brown cow. How ow now, now brown, brown crap. The arsonist oh, has oddly shaped feet. Is that what he says, dude? Yeah. He, he says a, a bunch of them. them. Uh, Anchorman. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's really important. These meetings sometimes, well, again, sometimes these meetings are uh, worthless. They're meaningless. You're going to sit there for an hour and you're like, what did we just do? We didn't do a dang thing, right? And those are the meetings you maybe should bring up. Hey, you know what? I noticed that nobody was paying attention. And I noticed that, you know, the retention of the information isn't there. Maybe we should kick it back to two weeks or three weeks or, you know, it just depends on whatever company it is. Obviously we're talking to people that either work in construction or manufacturing. Sometimes they work with, you know, again, ESLs. We have people that come from different countries, English as a second language. Sometimes it's, it's more difficult. I've had to teach, you know, or I've had to have an interpreter, you know, and my, my favorite thing is I, I use a lot of te uh, not technical terms, but I use a lot of like specific terms that most people do not use in everyday language. And so they're like, wait, hold on. They have to kind of think and then elaborate in Spanish. Or I've had one in Japanese. That was an interesting one. I was like, that's cool. I have no idea what's going on. But just being able to um, just being able to sit there and talk and understand the material and, and speak it eloquently so people understand and grasp. Make it interesting. Move your hands. Walk up and down. I know that we can talk about, you know, presentation and stuff like that depending on whatever the situation is. I've had meetings that were stand up again, tailgates. Mm -hmm. I've had ones that are sit down, you know, either formal or informal, Hey, action investigation meetings, meetings about accident investigations. I should say, um, findings, um, even like, again, when we had our monthly meetings for everybody, we have a topic move forward and understand I've, I've been out there before where we had a meeting and I was boring myself because they just gave me the material. Here you go, Joe, present this. I hate it when I'm forced to present somebody else's material yes. that got made somewhere else that who knows who made it. And Oh, my favorite one. I'll apologize sometimes. Like, Hey, I didn't make this, but we need to, we need to learn from it, it or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was, uh, about that was somebody actually used mine and they he, said that he, I'm sorry. I didn't make this. This presentation's terrible. No, he, he approached <laughs> me and goes, kidding. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, what do you mean? Cause obviously with my, my level of, of education and knowledge and, and, and all that stuff that I've gone through, you know, my, my presentation that I'm, that we do for our orientations at a way higher level. There's a lot of stuff I go into that kind of tie into all these, mm -hmm. all these subjects. And he's like, dude, I need to sit on one of your orientations. Why? Because I'm using your slides yeah. and dude, I have no idea. Like this stuff just, it's just so off the wall for me. I'm like, well, yeah, because you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you're a lower level, but he's like, you haven't thought about that kind of stuff yet. And not just that. Cause I think you're, you make presentations like I do where you're not putting stuff up there to read. Yeah. You're putting exactly stuff up there as a, that's reminder. a trigger in your mind to be like, Oh, I know. I need to this talk about what we're this. Talking about. And if you don't have that knowledge already, like why did I put that word up there? Yes. You're going to have no clue what the training means. No idea. It's all customized. And that's why I tell people all the time is, and I know they teach you this in school and training. Don't, do your presentations and don't read them out loud, mm -hmm. right? Present the data so where people can read it, understand it really quickly. And then when you're talking, you're kind of reinforcing these ideas because yep. you're not only getting the visual, but you're also getting the auditory. So that kind of makes better connection. Make that part of your meeting. We can do that. We can get into, I think we do get into presentations quite a bit through this, this podcast. You We've talked about it a few times. Um, but definitely make sure that that material is there. Understand the material. Understand what it means, implications, and then be always ready for questions. That's a big thing is always be engaged and always know what, what's coming next. Yeah, if you're if you're tasked with creating a meeting, kind of like what you're talking about, Joe, where you're presenting information or presenting findings to supervision or maybe even to management, then you definitely need to make sure you know your material. But on top of that, like one of the things that bugged me the most is 
I, when I get brand new guys, of course, they'll, they'll I'll let them go for a little while, right? But right, right. I, I immediately want them to start working on their presentation skills, and I want them to start working on their presentation like building skills. Yep. And so very early on, I'm having them do stuff that normally you probably wouldn't do until you're at like a yeah, higher mid, level. Mid level, yeah. But it's because I want them to get that practice and I want them to learn. Yep. Get them ready. But if you're gonna make those kinds of presentations, like I'll, I might have a guy make, I'll say, hey, take all the data from the last six months, put it into a presentation. Tell me what the top findings were. Tell me where they were at or whatever, and then and make it for me. And then, but I want them to give me solutions also. Yes. So if you're gonna present that stuff to uh, management, also give ideas. Don't just bring problems to management. <laughs> what is that? It's uh, people that whine without solution, or wh- wh- people who complain without having solutions is called whining. Yeah, that it's makes sense. The, yeah, one of the one of the internet quotes. I've never heard that before. Yeah, but. I think they I think they said Theodore Roosevelt or something like that. Really? Yeah, you know that how it is. That doesn't sound like one well, of his quotes. Yeah, one of my well, that's one of my favorite ones. It's like you can never trust a quote on the internet, and it was by like Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> and that was made me laugh. I was like, I mean, that's pretty good. Though. It's like, how do you how do you attribute certain quotes to certain people if yeah. if no one was there to specifically say, yeah, he said this, right? But a hundred percent, build your skills up, build your meeting skills. Identify again. The idea of this podcast isn't that you're going to be, you know, an entry level technician all your life. You're going to build those skills and build them up and get better and get better and get better. And then you're going to move into the medium position, right? The mid level area where you're going to have oversight management over a large group of people, right? You may not just be going from one job site to another, but you're going to have a whole project or you're going to have a whole division or certain, you know, um, um, portions of your company that you oversee and kind of manage yourself. Of course, you have the manager. The manager oversees all of that, but you you have a, a bigger hand in the deal. Understanding all of the meetings that you have and being able to cut out the slack will give you extra time. I think that was my biggest thing is I, as soon as I started cutting out meetings and I just told people straight up, I'm not going to show up to this. And they get a fan, oh, well, you need to show up and support the team. It's not about the support of the team. I see no value in it. I have better things to do with my time you know, obviously, maybe if you're a tech, you might not have that that stance. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's a thousand like different before, types of meetings. It, it all depends on the situation. Yeah, you're it in. depends on the situation. You're hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty smart. <laughs> you'll be able to you'll be able to identify, like, you know what, this meeting doesn't bring value. Maybe talk to your manager, your safety advisor, whatever, whatever level that's mid level. That's what I would recommend. And and say, hey, you know what, I noticed that there was no engagement, or I noticed this, I noticed that. How can we do this? Bring that up and maybe you guys have a safety meeting, right? Safety team meeting. Bring that up. Hey, you know, I noticed that a lot of people aren't really paying attention. Do you think we should like maybe eliminate one of them? Maybe instead of doing it every two weeks, do it three or every one, do it every two weeks. Maybe we should change up the way that we're doing the presentations. Maybe it's just everybody's so used to seeing the same information over and over again. Maybe we should change it up a little bit. Maybe get somebody else to present. Maybe get some managers involved. Or bring in somebody from the outside. Bring somebody That's from the nice outside. Maybe, maybe, you know, use a consultant from either Joe or Matt. Have us come out there. Fly us out there. You know, first class in a nice, like what? You like Hilton? Or do you like Marriott? I like Marriott. Either one. Yeah. You know, a nice Marriott, you know? Um, helicopter flight, preferably. <laughs> helicopter flight. I'm kind of bougie. Okay. Gulfstream 6. I was just thinking first class, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Gulfstream 6. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll come out and we'll, we'll talk and we'll be all cool and we'll dress up real appropriate. Like, and you guys were like, Oh wow, we spent a lot of money for nothing. <laughs> that was a huge waste of money. That was a huge waste of money. Uh, the, another thing I wanted to hit on for meetings, cause this was, this was the biggest thing for me when I got into safety. Uh, I like you, you hit it a little bit earlier, but I 
hated and I would not get up in front of people. I was so nervous to do it. I'll be sweating beforehand. It was like I, I had super bad stage fright. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the like I've asked people in the field before. I've met some really good field people that are interested in safety. But they're like, yeah, but I don't want to do it just because I don't want to have to talk in front of people. Like that is a huge thing for people. You know, it is 100%. I think that's what the second or third biggest fear is public speaking. Is it really? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the thing I wanted to say was like, the, there's no way to get past it besides to do it. Like you just have to force yourself to get up there, be uncomfortable. And I promise you over time, it will get easier. You will get better. And it'll get to a point where like going up in front of three or 400 people honestly is no big deal. Like it took me a few years, but, and I think I've probably done thousands of trainings now, but, uh, over time it will get better and you just gotta, you just gotta get up there and deal with it. Put your big boy pants on. Put your big boy pants or on. Or big girl pants on. I don't big know. Big girl pants. Can we say panties? No, no. Okay. You just bleep that out. Nope. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I'm I'm very outgoing, very gregarious kind of individual, very loud. You know. I'll be honest with you. Oh, when we know. I, when I was in ROT, when I was a kid, I was actually quite the opposite. I was very quiet, very not sheltered, but I was very you know close. Introverted. I'm still I am pretty introverted, but it's just you know the type of yeah, it's just the type of work that I do. I I just force myself out of there. Like yeah. If, if I was left to my own devices, I would sit at home. On the TV, I would never go out. That's that's the normal me. And a lot of times I have to force myself to get in front and go out and do stuff. Like that's like that's like a challenge for me all the time is having to go out and do that. Most people would never know. But like if you saw me in my normal, I was like, yeah, I'd like sitting at home, talking on Xbox, video games, all that kind of stuff, being by myself to myself. Should I stay straight muted unless I have to talk? Yeah. Like I like I <laughs> like people are like. Oh, you have a mic? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, well, how come you're not talking? I'm like, well, because I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so that's why. But being able to go out and learn how to to publicly speak is very important, especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point of having all this knowledge and education and experience if you can't share it, right? There's no point. It's really like one of the biggest parts of our job. It's probably the biggest part, right? If you can't publicly speak and you're quiet and you're shy, then then you know how good are you especially especially once you get to the manager's level that's when it becomes a real problem right entry level most people are gonna be like oh he's new oh they're kind of you know they're entry they're young in their career they're still working on it mm -hmm. but once you get to like a manager and you solve that problem i mean I, I i know you probably see it the same way as i do you're like what's wrong with this guy is he you know you start questioning this guy even know what he's talking about is he qualified like mm -hmm. i've seen it to where manager uh, managers i i uh, let me change my mind it was owners of companies that had people go out and they're like, what in the world? Like, this is my, this is my main guy. This is, this is my ops manager. This is my safety manager. What the heck? Yeah, man, that's, that's what you chose. The guy talks like Ricky Bobby. Exactly. Which is why <laughs> if you have the opportunity now while you're an entry level, take it. Anytime anybody offers you to do some type of training yeah. or public speaking, jump out there. You have to just jump out there and do yeah. it. It's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you a better safety person. It's going to benefit you in the long run, and uh, you got to do it. Well, I think, I think that we, we kind of hit the nail on the head a little earlier about it's not about reading the material, right? Know the material, of course. For sure. But I'm not sitting there reading what's on there. I just kind of glance where am I at, or usually I, I try to do a, a little cheat. I try to put a mirror somewhere in the room. What? And yeah, so depending on the base, I mean, obviously the size of the room depends. If I could put a screen there that's facing me and I can see that, 
then I can just go back. That's what oh, a lot yeah. of like TED Talks do. Rather than having you know it there, that's like right there on the floor, you'll kind of see them kind of glance down at it. Having some type of how now brown cow, having some type of screen shows me where I'm at in my in my lecture, where I'm talking yeah. about. Hey, this is what we're talking about. Da 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 da. I know the material enough to where I don't need to sit there and read it. The, the information's shown. Mm-hmm. I got to just glance on it, and then I can kind of walk the room, elaborate, and that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. Again, in meetings, obviously, you're always going to have that ability to move. Sometimes you're going to be just sitting at a desk in, you know, in a conference room or whatever. But again, your attention shouldn't be on the screen. Your attention should be at 100%. Your Talk to the people. Again, make eye contact. I'm going to make this this For again a, a reference time. that as as you're moving up, you can no longer be quiet. Right. We all know that we're all when we start off. Early in our career, we can be quiet and we can be afforded that quietness. But once you get to the mid-level, you you have to participate. If you have, you know, if you're a manager and you have one of your guys not talking, what do you think? That he doesn't care, that he's not doing his job, that he probably shouldn't be a manager if it's something that's continually being a problem. Right. Because, again, if they're going to exhibit this material, this behavior at this level and you get promoted to the next level and now you have this guy as your manager and he's still quiet during these meetings. Right. One hundred percent. And my team, uh, like on one of my teams that I had in the past, it was structured where there was levels, right? right? I had entry level people. I had leads. I had supervisors. I had me. And if we had a meeting and my higher level people were not participating, especially if there was times when they should have been participating, like we're having a conversation afterwards. Like I expect that from entry level people. I wish right. they would say something. Sometimes not dumb stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Sometimes you kind of worry about what they're gonna say. But I, when you get, get to that, that mid level, like you, you have to be participating. Well, especially if like other managers are in there, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this is your team. Like, this exactly. is what you, this is what you got," and kind of reflects your your management ability. Yeah, you could be a great manager, but if you have two or three people on your team that aren't just participating, and you're like, "Well, why did you pick these people, or why are they still here?" And you know what I mean? It kind of brings a lot of questions as to like, if you're not gonna participate in the meeting, then what's the point of the meeting? Right. And we could talk into like leadership and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like everybody in a team, in a real team should participate. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody has something to say. Everybody's got different experiences. And again, I've tried to elaborate to your manager, explain to them like, Hey, you know what? I don't feel comfortable because of X, Y, Z, or this is what's going on. Right. You need to, you you have to find some way to participate. Some eventually somebody's going to look at you. Eventually, somebody's gonna uh, ask you a question, and you're gonna like answer it to your pocket, like, "Oh, hey, um, yeah." The answer is, um, yeah, uh, like, okay, we're not all. Was it Melvin from Office Space, the guy that burned ends up burning down the building? Never seen it. No, you never seen the Office Space. One of the greatest Office movies of all time. You have to I've go watch that. that. Before. That's like your home. That's like your homework. You gotta go watch Office Space. And you're like, wow. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. So we the- talked about like entry, like yeah, like. There's so many Daily different topics, things we can go into with meetings. supervisors, management, especially having uh, meetings with management. But yeah, as an entry level individual, just start asking questions. Start asking like, "Hey, is this meeting really worth it? Do I need to have a meeting for that? Do I or need to show up for that?" Or asking to participate, or even ask if you have to show up. That's a that's a big one. Yeah, I know sure. one of the ones that we had was for like projects, right? You know, usually we'll have like a weekly or or biweekly. Um, Project meeting. Okay, what's the status? How far are we along? What are the deliverables? All that kind of stuff. Project management stuff. And I told them, like, look, like I'm running out of material. Like, is it okay if I just skip this meeting? Maybe make it every two weeks. They still had the weekly meeting, right? Because they still needed to get the deliverables. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, of, a lot of other stuff that they needed. But they didn't learn about the safety stuff every single time. 
Right? Especially because they're like, oh, CD's so important. Oh, We're going to make it first. Kind of and it was like, it was kind of more like, a, let's get this out of the way. Yep. And let's talk about the business. Was it one of those things where it's like, hey, every time we have this meeting, we're going to do like a kickoff, a safety moment kickoff. Safety moment. Safety, go ahead and start. Safety, safety first. Let's go ahead and force safety to do a five-minute talk to us or two-minute talk when, to us every meeting. That's when safety first bites people in the butt. That's <laughs> uh, always tell people, safety first in meetings and safety first when there's layoffs. Dang. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. I mean. What was that? Uh, safety first when there's layoffs. Proof. Changed my mind. <laughs> Is uh, that a sign? Little, Is that a yeah, meme? the little table, the little yeah. meme. Oh, I was going to say, um, also this, I mean, I don't know how much you would agree with this, but if you get good at presenting in meetings, get a good scrub, uh, you can also, it, it gives you the ability to be able to BS better sometimes in situations <laughs> when you might need to, if yeah. you sound confident in meetings, people are going to believe you more and that can save your butt sometimes. Um, I would a hundred percent. Okay, good. I'm not on my own. I, I I don't I I do it begrudgingly because because no, the I'm fact not saying to do it all the time. Because the fact is, yes, I have completely been thrown a curveball. Exactly. Hey Joe, we need you. You're smart. You're eloquent. We know that you you know what's up. You don't know everything about this sp- particular subject or this accident or whatever. But we need somebody who can kind of step in for us. And I was like, okay, give me some basics. I'm like, okay, so that's yeah, I've I've had to sit there and 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 uh, successfully BS a room full of C-suite executives. Hey, it was sometimes yeah. it happens, and, and you better be ready for yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Unfortunately, I don't like to do it, but I I see the value in un, un, them understanding the reason why we're doing certain things. So yeah, I would I would 100% agree with you that it does give you the ability to manipulate your abilities in in certain meetings you can manipulate data to go a certain way if you wanted to that yeah. makes sense yeah no, i get what you're saying because it's just data but if you if you're explaining it a certain way right if you're bsing it as we said you can make it look a certain way yeah and i was even thinking like maybe you're throwing a question that you don't you're not sure the answer of you can oh, kind of give, give them like them, that politician answer you can kind of give them like a little bit of a really confident a little bit of a political answer though you're not lying to them of course but you're giving them something to feel good about themselves like that okay i feel satisfied that you answered my question but at the same time it was empty it was nothing you're like a politician hey, sometimes see, it's a bunch of words that they're just meant yeah the third quarter analysis has uh, shown that we are on par with meeting the schedule of the uh, fourth quarter I mean, as far as like what does that even mean you just said nothing like Sometimes and I've, I've caught people doing that too. I was like, and you, I don't bring attention because I've done it myself, but I'm like, like that meant nothing. That literally mm-hmm. meant nothing. Like, I don't know what he said. He said words. They were all words and they were all in, yeah. a, in a, in a sentence that was very eloquent, but they literally meant nothing. Yeah. And I'm not condoning that you do this a lot. Yes. But we do. if you are thrown into it, do a it now. situation, it's your only option. Lie, steal and cheat. Be good at it. Matt said it. <laughs> Be good at it. Right. Yeah. It's be able to have that ability. Yeah. Right. Cause sometimes, yeah, you're, you I didn't used to have everything. that. It took me some, probably some epic fails, like some not good moments. Yeah. You're like, moments. Oh, I better, I better learn how to lie. And, I, and not learn how to lie. I mean, but that's, learn, how, that's most of your success is be, really lying, lying, right? I don't like calling it lying. But yeah, learning how to give good answers when, even when you don't know the answer. Learn how to think on your feet. Let's just say that. Thank you. That's much better. Learn than how calling to think on your feet. It, it's a, it's a skill. And it sometimes it does come with, with um with experience and time again just do it jump out there raise your hand like yep I'll, i'm gonna make a fool of myself today well tomorrow for the third day for the fourth day but eventually you're gonna get good at it mm-hmm. and then 
who knows? You may be the one that might be picked up quicker than the others, right? Because if you have a handful of entry-level people and you're the one who's taking the initiative to to get good at speaking and going out in front of everybody, they're going to – management is going to see that, and that's what they want. They want people that, that talk in meetings that you know, know how to schedule meetings, appropriate meetings, know when to save time. Especially because you know, we only have so much time, especially in safety, they like to add extra stuff. Like, why am I having meetings for meetings? Mm-hmm. No, thanks. If you have something important to say, send it in an email. Hey, this is what we talked about a meeting. That's my favorite one. Have the meeting, then email what you guys talked about. It's great. Hey, this is what we talked about, Joe. All right, cool. I totally saved myself on that. Or sometimes I'll be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to show up to these meetings a little more often, right? Just don't, di- just don't get this. Just don't be a jerk about it, I guess. I'm just more of a jerk about it because I have that that leadership so I can be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know? No, I can see that. Uh, so let's go into the mailbag. Mail time. in the mailbag? Mail time. We're we going to put that song in from Blue's Clues? I'm pretty sure we'll get copyright infringement on that. It's what, 34, uh, it's like 70 years before you can use something? Before it's a uh, public domain? I mean, you- technically we're not, we don't make money directly from the show, so. It doesn't matter. It, as long as you use it when it's, uh, it's not, it's not sanctioned that you can get no, but I, if we talk about the song and we break it down as like an evaluation of the song and we don't play the song in its entirety, you can get around the copyright laws. So if I just like just say the words, here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail. I can't get sued for that. It depends what you're using it for. Like right now, no, <laughs> saying it during the middle yeah, of this, no, hope if not. You, if not, that's your liability. But there's so. people that make entire <laughs> shows where they play music and then they break them down and they talk about them. And because they're evaluating oh, yeah. well, the music, yeah, it's because you're technically creating content exactly. based on the music. But we're you're, not, we're just using it. <laughs> I know. But that's why I say we have to talk about it afterwards. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, the safety about that that message of the mail. So time. here's why. Wait, what was the guy's name? Steve. Steve. Wow. Here's why Steve is safe. This is why Steve is safe because the mail comes from the left hand side and he uses one hand and he makes three points of contact. Ergonomics. Ergonomics. Um, but no, so in the mailbag, actually, I had somebody reach out uh, last week and they were just pretty much asking us uh, to do a little bit more content on um, pretty much the entry level. They were asking, like, when are we going to start doing more content on the mid mid level stuff? I can't wait. I know. I'm I over know. entry level. No uh, offense, guys. But it's it was we decided we were going to do 20 and I think we're at like, 12 or 13. So we only have a couple more. That's more than a couple. Your mom um, left. So stick with us, guys. I know we're going to start. We're going to I think the next ramp we're going to go up to like five, six, seven, eight will be up towards like, OK, now we're going to start kind of kicking it, transitioning towards that that change. So the new the next couple of topics that we're going to have uh, probably like again probably from like 16 to 19 will be like the okay now now that you're set, now that you got your skills, now you got your your um basics down. You know, certifications let's, to get. Let's move up and start ramping you up for the next step. Okay? We've we've got you. Hey, I'm I'm new, I'm fresh. What what what's the, you know, you've never been to Six Flags? What is there? Oh, wow. You can go here and you can go do that and you can do this and you can do that, right? You can go to the Riddler or you can go to Batman or you can go to Viper. Okay. Now, now, now we have a direction. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to Batman. Okay. Well, what does that entail? Okay. Well, it entails this, 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 this. <laughs> what a random analogy. Uh, I figured, well, because a lot of people, when you go to like a new theme park or somewhere new, right, you're, you're, you're kind of inundated by a lot of information. I know that's what a lot of, a lot of entry people are saying. Like, there's so much information. Where do I start? I know that was my my thing. I was like, wow, this 
this gets into a lot, right? Industrial hygiene and ergonomics and management and auditing and metrics. There's so much into this field. And I, it's funny because I start seeing people going through school and they're like, dude, I never knew. I never knew there was so much. I'm like, I know, right? And this is why education is so important because you just, in your experience, you're going to have such a very narrow band of, of yeah. experience that you're missing the big picture. For sure. Um. So that's that's the again, guys. This is what we're gonna be moving on to the next probably I'd say after about two or three more, maybe. Let's yeah, we'll have to see where we're at. Yeah, a couple more, a couple more guys. Uh, again, stay with us, and we're gonna start ramping up into the whole advisory level, the mid level, the meaty stuff. Like, okay, cool. I'm past my first year or two, maybe three years of of safety. I've done all the crappy work. I've worked the night shifts. I've worked all the long hours. I put my you know, um, I've I've put my bricks in. Now I'm ready to kind of reap a little bit more benefits. Now I'm making a little bit more money. I'm getting the higher pay. I'm going for certifications or degrees, whatever it is that you guys are at. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start moving moving that direction. Um, again, shout out to our our sponsor, uh, Tap Talk. <laughs> so I actually got this. I got this card. It's pretty cool. So it's a black black and so, uh, black and gold one, and it's pretty much for business, right? So when you guys have a new business or you guys doing side business, side hustle. Let's be honest. I've told Matt this plenty of times. How many? I, I, I'm sorry, Matt, but even some of your your business cards have went in the trash, and I'm like, oh, sorry, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, but I have a I have a ton. You know, I have a whole stack of cards at home. Do most of those people still work there? Probably not. Right. Most people, especially in our industry, I only think what last five or six years we were talking about four to five. Yeah. Um. So after four or five years, that that card's no good. Right. Versus having, you know, a special, a special, a specific contact that you put on your phone is way more impactful because now if I ever need to remember Matt, oh, look, his number's in my phone. I don't have to like call the company with that company card. I have his personal cell. If I ever need him, hey, Matt, I have a question about, you know, podcasting and, and editing and stuff. Boom. There you go. Right. So look, in, uh, look up Tap Talk. It's really, really great for business. If you have people, family members that have businesses, have them take a look. There's some YouTube stuff on it. Um, I'm going to try to put some more, uh, like videos and stuff on our Instagram based on it. Like, Hey, look, this is some of the, the cool features that it's got. And then if you use safety Joe on, on the, um, promo code. on the promo code, you're going to, you're going to get save 15%, 15, 20% somewhere around there. So yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sponsoring us. What's the website? Uh, I believe it's just, uh, tap co co. Yeah. C O. So yeah, it's a, again, it's a really good, um, it's a really good business tool, a really good business tool, especially if you're like a social media person and you're like, oh, follow me on my Instagram and all. That. You can literally customize it. Even my favorite one, guess what? Our podcast is on my on my card, so I can tap it. Oh wow, that's cool! Like, look, here's my podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Tap it now. You can easily just like my stuff from there. Boom. Um, and then again, find us on Reddit. We're really, really big on workplace safety. If you guys have, you know, specific questions, you guys can always hit us up at the culture of safety at gmail.com, of course. But if you don't feel like, hey, maybe this is a bigger question I want to ask other people, put it on, you know, is it R? That's a subreddit. Yeah. R workplace safety, workplace uh, or safety professionals. Anywhere there, guys, you can always hit us up. Or DM us on Instagram. DM us. On Instagram, though, we're the popular safety guys. Popular safety guys. You'll and see, then, I think, our logo. Yeah. Wait, is our, our logo? Uh, a podcast, our logo. podcast logo? Yes, sir. So, yeah. If you guys need any help, just reach out and we'll help you out. All right. You guys have a good one. Thank you, guys. Late.